Thanks for listening to the Northridge Christian Podcast. At Northridge, we exist to help people move closer to Christ. We believe that following Jesus is a journey, and we want to help you through that journey any way we can. We pray that you grow in your walk with God through this message today. So prepare your heart and mind for this teaching from our lead pastor, Adam Scott. Amen. Hey, welcome to our Easter celebration. I am so glad that you're here. Whether whether this is your first time hanging out with us at Northridge or maybe your first time back in a long time or whether you spend so much time at this place, your friends and family wonder if you get paid. Listen, we are just excited that we have an opportunity to celebrate Easter with you. You see, the truth is we celebrate Jesus every single Sunday. I mean, this isn't a new thing for us. We do this every single week, but there's There's just something special about this weekend, isn't there? There's something about knowing that that the hearts of believers across our community, across our nation, across our world are all aligned and focused and engaged in the greatest demonstration of love, power, and authority this world has ever seen at this very moment. Listen, last week we began the Easter conversation by talking about the death of Jesus. We talked about his crucifixion, we talked about his suffering, but this weekend we have new perspective. This weekend we have a new perspective that adds so much depth to the conversation because the cross couldn't hold him, the grave couldn't keep him, the tomb is empty, and Jesus is alive. That's what Easter is all about. Hey, let me set up our conversation today by talking to you about the power of words. Okay, I did some research this week and I found out that the average number of words that a person speaks in a day is 16,000, okay? That's a lot of words. Some of y'all are looking at your spouse and stuff. You know what my daughter calls that? Breakfast, okay? That is her goal by the time she finishes breakfast. Did you know this? The average number of text messages sent every single minute of the day across the entire world is 15,220,700. That's a lot of text messages, right? That's a lot of back and forth. We know that the average length of a text message is seven words long. Okay, so based on my calculations, I know you didn't think there would be this much math involved in our Easter conversation, but based on my calculations, there are over 106 million words being shared across our world through text messaging every single minute of the day. What that means is that in the amount of time that I spend working through this message, which is about 3,000 words, 25 minutes in case you wanna keep count, that means there will be approximately 2 billion 663 million words sent by text worldwide. Isn't that an amazing statistic? I mean, like words are prominent and they're impactful. They're one of the most prominent and impactful parts of the entire human existence. Although we throw words around carelessly so many times, words have power. They have the power to hurt or to hinder or to help or to heal every single person around us. The Bible talks about the power of words all the way in the book of Genesis. It says that God spoke the world into existence. What that means is that everything we see, everything we experience, everything we know came through the vehicle of words. In Proverbs, we find out that words have the power of life and death. 
Jesus tells us in the Gospels that the words that we choose to use are are an overflow or extension of what is in our heart. James even goes so far as to say, if we don't keep a tight rein on our tongue, then our religion is meaningless. Listen, words have power. And today we're going to talk about the words that we invoke, not to describe our circumstances or situations, but to speak life into them. You see, 2,000 years ago, the tomb was rolled away, and and what that did was it revealed that Jesus was alive. He was risen, but it also did something else. It empowered us as believers with a new vocabulary that would impact the world in a greater way than any text message, any tweet, or any New York Times bestseller. Hey, if you want to follow along with us, go ahead and open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 3. We're going to camp out there today. If you don't have a Bible, just go to the App Store, download the YouVersion Bible app, Y-O-U-Version Bible app. It's free. Be one of the best resources for you in your daily walk. We're also going to throw the scripture up here on the screen for you if you don't have it. But Acts chapter 3, it, it begins from the same vantage point that we have. What I mean is that all of the characters in this story are looking back on the physical presence of Jesus. They're looking back on the resurrection. They're looking back on the establishment of Easter. This is what it says, starting in verse one. It says, one day Peter and John, now these are two of Jesus' closest followers, his disciples, one day they were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. Now this man, okay, he has a lifelong disability. And what we know is that this man needed help just to beg people for help. He needed help just so he could ask to have his basic needs met. Quick thing to note from that fact alone, you have got to find you some friends that will carry you when you can't walk because your circle will make or break your future. It's as simple as that. Sunday morning rows, these are good. I love this. I'm energized by three services this weekend where people are in rows singing, proclaiming, learning, but it's the circles where real life change happens. Okay, that's what this man experiences. These people that are close to him, they carry him every single day to the temple. Now, the temple was the equivalent of the modern-day church for the Jewish community and apparently many of the Christian believers. Now, it makes sense that this man would set up shop by the temple because it has been God's plan since the beginning of time, all throughout history, that God's people would care for those in need. God's people would show extreme kindness. God's people would help those who who don't have the resources to help themselves. Now, we don't know if this man picked this spot for himself or if the people who carried him there picked it for him, but what we do know is that somebody recognized that this was the most likely place for them to experience hope in this desperate situation. It was surrounded by God's people. Let's find out what happens when he encounters a couple of them. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Now, Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Let me ask you, how many times do you think this man was passed by? How many times do you think this man went home empty-handed? 
You see, I guarantee you, he's familiar with the sight and sound of people passing him by, walking by, not reaching out to help, but the sight and sound of God's people ready to do God's work captured his attention and it filled him with expectation. Listen, here's the first thing that we are going to stamp on our hearts this Easter. Just like Peter and John, my life points to hope. My life, your life, the life of believers all across the world radiates hope to a world in need. You see, all the words that I say, all the actions that I take, even my very presence should proclaim to the world that there is something different about me because there's something special about him. You see, because of Jesus, I have hope in a God who can work miracles. Because of Jesus, I have hope in a God who cares about my life. Because of Jesus, I have hope in a God that has given my life purpose and meaning. Because of Jesus, I have hope in a God that can change the circumstances from my past. Because of Jesus, I have hope in a God that breaks barriers, battles brokenness, and cuts out generational curses. Because of Jesus, I have hope in a God that rights wrongs, that softens hearts, in men's fences. Because of Jesus, I have hope in the God of the impossible. And that hope, lived out, attracts people in need. See, I don't need to tell you that this world is hungry for hope. The question we have to wrestle with as believers is, is there anything about us in the way we live that proclaims that we have found it? Listen, our staff had an Easter egg hunt this week. It's a busy week, and so we, we did something fun. We hid eggs, six of them. If you follow us on Facebook, you saw the winners. But we've got way more staff than that. But we hid six eggs, numbered them one through six, and we hid them all throughout this building, and each number was attached to a prize. When I tell you that our staff has thoroughly inspected every single inch of this property in preparation for you coming today, this is how we got it done. Okay, they emptied every cabinet and trash can. They turned over every box and coffee cup. They inspected every classroom, every bathroom, every closet. They worked hard to find an egg, but let me tell you something. They celebrated even harder once they found one. I'm in my office and it's quiet and all of a sudden I hear screams from across the building. I hear text messages from every staff member chiming at the same time. They begin to scream and shout and cheer and taunt one another. Listen, I tell you that to say this, as a follower of Jesus, that should be descriptive of our response to his love and his work in our life. We should be so consumed and so excited about what he's doing that it spills out of us in an unmistakable way. We as believers, we should be the most generous people on the planet. We should be the most patient people in the world. We should be the most loving and the most kind. People should look at us and they should say, I don't know what they know, but I want what they have. You see, they should recognize hope in us even before they know that Jesus is the source of it. They should see that there's something different about us that's attractive because Jesus is at work inside of us. We should be the people that our friends and our family and our coworkers and our classmates turn to when life is hard. 
Our lives should be walking billboards for the love of Jesus Christ. It doesn't come from us. It comes from him, but it flows out of us because of him. Listen, the cool thing about this story is that Peter and John were focused on Jesus for many years before this miracle ever took place. You see, they were Jesus' closest followers, which means means they spent time looking at Jesus and and engaging in his presence, and that's what prepared them for this miracle moment. Maybe that's why God has you here today, so that together we can all look at Jesus, we can spend time in his presence, letting him fill us up so that we can overflow and be somebody's miracle in the world this week. Man, what an awesome privilege we have as believers. Let's keep reading. This could have been a simple moment of charity where they handed over some money, but because of Peter and John's faith, it's about to turn into so much more. Let's look at what it says in verse six. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. You see, Peter's reply would have initially disappointed the man in this story. He says, silver and gold I do not have. Now, if you were to flip back to chapter two, you would find out that Peter at least had access to silver and gold. But in this situation, he chooses to give something else. In this situation, he chooses to drill down to the heart of the issue and say, I'm not just gonna meet the surface level needs. I'm gonna dig deep to the root of the problem and I'm going to help you there. In the name of Jesus Christ, Not by my power, he says, but by the power and authority of Jesus Christ. Get up and do the impossible. Claim victory over that which is holding you back. You see, what we learn from this is that that Peter and John, it seems like their, their power, everything they have the ability to do is sourced from Jesus. We also find out that their greatest purpose in life is to proclaim his name to every person, place, and situation in the world around them. Throughout the book of Acts, they give, they serve, they heal, they witness, they live for Jesus. They're not looking to make their name famous. They're not looking to follow the latest trends. They're not looking to accomplish their own goals. They live to bring glory and honor to his name, to make him famous and known and to invite others to experience the power of his presence. And that's the second thing that we're gonna build our lives around this Easter. Not only does my life point to hope, but the words I speak point to Jesus. Like Peter and John, I speak Jesus. I have no greater privilege or responsibility than to speak the name of Jesus into every person, place, and circumstance around me. His name is power. His name is healing. His name is life. See, let me put this entire gathering in in perspective. You see, we've all gathered here together because we know that we have found the truth. We know that we have found the one who holds power over the grave. But let me tell you something. It's what we do with that information that matters more than what we know about it. Are we filling every person, place, and circumstance within our reach with the all-powerful name of Jesus Christ? You see, the man in this story, he was asking for money because he didn't think what he actually needed was possible. I read that Henry Ford, when he manufactured the vehicle, he said, um, if I had asked people what they wanted, they would have said faster horses. You see, people think they know what they need. 
People think they know what they want in order to manufacture a better life. They think that they know what is possible and what is not. But this story shows that our greatest need and the greatest need of the people around us is Jesus Christ. And with him, anything is possible. That's why we as believers, we have the privilege of speaking the name of Jesus into fear, anxiety, and depression. That's why we as believers have the privilege of speaking the name of Jesus into addiction, loneliness, and abuse. That's why we as believers have the privilege of speaking the name of Jesus into war, poverty, and disease. We have the privilege of speaking the name of Jesus into our neighborhood, our workplace, and our family, our schools, our community, and our businesses. He is the answer to every question, and he is the fulfillment of every longing. Listen, if all we ever do, 16,000 words a day, is speak the name of Jesus, man, we will do something that will change the world around us. Look at your neighbor and say, I speak Jesus. We can say it in here, but will we be bold enough to speak it out there? Let's see if the name of Jesus produces real change in this man's situation. Verses seven through eight, it says, taking him by the right hand, okay, this is Peter reaching down to help this man, taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He, he jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. You see, what Peter does is he speaks the name of Jesus into this man's circumstances, but then he immediately reaches down to help him up. Why does he do that? Because he has faith that Jesus is working. He has faith that the tomb is empty and that Jesus is alive and he is working through his people. He has faith that because the grave couldn't slow Jesus down, neither could this man's situation. The man reaches up and he takes Peter by the hand and he experiences this strange new strength in his feet, his ankles and his legs. And instead of caving underneath the weight of his body, they, they support him for the first time in his life. First, he practices standing. And when he finds that he can do that, he starts to walk. Once he walks, he finds that he can jump. Once he jumps, he finds that there is nothing left to do but praise God for the miracle that he did not even know was possible. Look at what happens in the next couple of verses, verses nine through 10. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. You see, this crowd is curious. They recognize the man. They can't believe what they see. And so Peter begins to explain it to them. He begins to preach God and Jesus to them. He begins to share the truth of his death, burial, and resurrection. And the miracle and the message draw such a crowd that the very people who decided to end the Jesus movement by hanging Jesus on a cross arrest Peter and John. But even once they've arrested them, they don't really know what to do because they were beginning to learn what Peter and John already knew and what you and I have gathered to celebrate today. Jesus is alive. He is alive. Listen, the events of this story prove that Jesus is back. He is resurrected and he is working through his people. His death could not stop what he claimed to do. It was just the beginning of all of it. Let me tell you something, church. He is alive and he is just as powerful today as he was 2,000 years ago. 
which is why when we look around the world, we recognize that COVID can't stop him. Inflation doesn't scare him. War is not a surprise to him. Politics can't silence him. And your situation, no matter what it is, submits to him. Listen, Jesus is alive and he is on the move. What part of your life do you need to experience more of his power and presence today? Listen, when you came in, there was a box on your seat. And this box is designed to represent whatever that area is for you. What area of your life is there tension? What area of your life is there stress and anxiety? What area of your life is holding you down? What area of your life is preventing you from experiencing God and in the way that he wants to have a relationship with you? Man, have you had a hard week? Have you had a month? Have you had a hard year? This box represents whatever that thing is that keeps beating you up. And I want you to recognize that when you open this box, the name of Jesus is already inside. Jesus is alive. Jesus is present. He is available and he is at work in whatever area we need to see him work the most. Let me tell you something. This is my favorite part of the story. You see, the story underlines and, and highlights the fact that this man has been lame since birth. Okay, what that does is it proclaims to those of us in this room that that the miracle that he experienced was powerful enough to overcome a problem he had struggled with his entire life. Listen, I think the Bible reveals that to us so that we would understand that our struggles, no matter how deep they go, cannot stop what Jesus wants to do in our life. See, whether we were born with that problem or, or whether that problem is something that we picked up just last week, the power of Jesus is great enough to overcome this. Man, I pray that you'll put this somewhere where you'll see it so that every single day you'll look and you'll recognize that Jesus is available, he is alive, and he is at work. Our sermon in a sentence, our big takeaway, the one thing we want you to walk away with today is this, I speak Jesus in my blank. You see, it's participatory this week. What is your blank? What is your box? Where do you need to see more of Jesus' power at work in and through you? What is your mission field? Who is it that God has, has placed on your heart so that you can proclaim through your words and your actions and your love that, that He is alive and at work in and through you and that He wants a relationship with them? What person or circumstance in your life needs to experience His peace, His healing, and His victory? Man, as a community of believers, we're gonna spend some time this Easter asking ourselves, what is it that we are going to speak Jesus into? And we're gonna pray that Jesus is gonna go ahead of us and he's gonna do a powerful work. Let's pray. Thanks for listening to this message. You can keep up with what's happening at Northridge on your mobile device through our Northridge Christian app. If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at info at northridge.online.